Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have an NWSL weekend recap for everyone. The games were live and wild, and I can't wait to get through all of them with everyone and go over our picks and go over the performances. But uh, first, a quick reminder... You can watch all our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. So hit subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live. YouTube.com slash attacking third. Lisa, I miss you, buddy. How you doing? I miss you too. I'm good. It's funny because like oh, we're actually not that out of cadence. We're we're going live though Monday afternoon to 2:30 on the East Coast. Um because you were coming back from Vegas and we couldn't recap live last night, but um, it is good to be back with you. It's good to be here. I, I want to yeah. ask you about a little bit of your trip and everything that's happening, but I, I didn't tell you this before we went live. And I want to tell you now, everyone yeah. that's been voting for us over the last month uh, for the People's Choice Podcast Awards, we have made it. We finished in the top 10. So now we move on to the next round Yo. of voting, which is fantastic. So thank you, everyone that voted. Um, the second round of voting hasn't started yet, but we did make it. So congrats, Sandra. Thank you, everyone who joins us live, who listens to us. Um, thank you. Thanks for voting for us. We get Yo. to do it again. We get to do it again. <laughs> this is amazing. I, I love that you like saved it for my live reaction. I'm like <laughs> perking up. That's that's excellent news. I love to come home mm -hmm. to to that. Uh, it was the journey getting home, as you know. I had to like I had there were tons of like delayed and canceled flights, um, and everything was preventing me from coming home. But I returned uh, from war and here i am ready to do a tagging third and from i love war, that thank war, you though, only only your travel was war you had a good conference though yeah the conference was cool it was great okay. to um you know meet a lot of folks affiliated with um you know nhb yeah nabj and nhhj and uh it was my first 
time going to, to those conferences and um, just really honored to, you know, be asked to be on a, on a panel with other wonderful women and talk about a lot of cool things. And um, there was, uh, you know, there's always those things like post conference where you're like, okay, let's think about this and yeah. logistics and what could, have, what, what could we have done better and how could things have, you know, been, uh, you know, maybe a little more like streamlined a little bit better. So like, that's kind of where my head is today. It's like, here's some things I would have done different if I was in like mm -hmm. a position of like leadership or something like that. But um, I went in there without any expectations because this was my first, you know, time attending this type of conference. Um, but yeah, a lot of good energy, a lot of really good people. Um, and uh I hope everyone else got home safely because it took a little while for me to get home. <laughs> I'm so glad that you finally made it back to Chicago, back home. But uh, we're sitting with royalty here as someone who spoke on a panel. So welcome <sighs> back. Uh, humbly grace us with your presence, Sandra. Oh, Great gosh. Look, don't get it twisted. I absolutely like in this in this chaos of trying to get home. Because Friday was a completely different experience of watching these games versus Sunday because Friday it's like yeah it's like I'm in a like a you know I'm in Vegas like there's a lot of good energy around that and it's like let me watch this sports game and you know different experience watching the games on Friday versus Sunday which it's like just I'm in an airport and I'm cramped and I'm like I can't wait to get home and it's like literally in those moments anyone who's ever gone through this experience and you and I have talked about this because you also have done a lot of traveling for work like it's the little things you cling to. And I was like, so sad when the games were over on Sunday. Cause I was like, what am I supposed to do with myself? And, you know, I'm not even home yet, but I was grateful to have the warmth and coziness and familiarity of NWSL in an airport um, to sort of be able to give me at least some chunks of, of those delays and stuff like that. But 12 games, we got or 12 teams participating in, in six games and we got to go through some things and we got to go through our picks because like we did our previewing of this and we had a lot of um, mm -hmm. we were really like feel, I was really feeling the winners energy. I'm like, I'm in Vegas. I'm like, I'm only picking winners. Like, let's go. And I actually didn't choose a draw. I know you you chose a draw and we'll, we'll go through all these right now. So let's actually start with that. Let's start with like how there, there was a weekend of ties. There was a weekend of draws that took place for uh some of these teams let's start with this this first one let's start with the friday matchups uh racing louisville fc versus washington spirit this one ends in a one one draw and lisa i remember when we were previewing this match talking about this and and this is going to echo similarly problem we also speak a little bit about the pride and angel city mm -hmm. but we were talking about you know i was like Something about these, the second half of the season, in particular, when it comes to these, you know, bottom half of the table teams. And I had said in the preview that if either one of these teams kind of walk away without a win or a draw, it's going to maybe, maybe not cause for like ringing the alarm, but it's definitely not going to, it's going to feel like a missed opportunity. And here we are with these two teams having to split the points with about six or seven games in front of them now. It's, they're running out of time. It is not at all what we expected. We had actually both picked Washington Spirit to win this one. And, and during our preview, um, before our preview, I looked at the standings and I looked at the points and I looked at what games both Racing Louisville and Washington Spirit had left. And, and if either Washington or Louisville won this match, they would have moved into eighth place. Because it was a draw between these two sides, they both drop. Now Racing in ninth and Washington Spirit in 10th place. So they really dropped the ball on this one. But um, 
for for racing Louisville, it's kind of the same old game for them. They're coming off two back to back one one draws. They this was their third game in eight days, so a really tough stretch for racing Louisville. But it's it's later in the game that racing Louisville um, is able to kind of come back into this thing. I mean, and when you look the last match against OL Rain in the midweek last week, they scored later in the in this game, and and then against Washington, uh, the goals didn't come until later in this game and, and they end up going up early over Washington and then they concede a goal to Ashley Hatch, Nadia Nadim, the goal scorer for racing Louisville in this match. She was back in the starting lineup for Kim Bjorkegren's side. Uh, Washington had the exact same lineup that we saw last week. So we're seeing a little bit more consistency from Chris Ward, but as, as I mentioned, Ashley Hatch got a goal. So she was back after being out due to in, um, injury uh, but it, it something I was really impressed with throughout this match for Racing Louisville, uh, Kirsten Davis, forward for Racing Louisville, sitting between the center backs, just buzzing on the ball, off the ball constantly. This player looked like uh, head coach Kim Bjorkgren told her, you're going to get 60 minutes today. Do with it what you can and we'll evaluate from there. And that's what she did because the every second that she was on the pitch, she gave so much energy, buzzing all around, sitting between the center backs, getting those slip passes. She looked like the hardest per, per, working person on the pitch. Um, Washington had opportunities. Trini Rodman had a great header opportunity, 25th minute into this game. Um, it, it was a great cross coming in. Rodman looking to get a header. Lund saves it. And as I'm watching this, I knew looking at Katie Lund and Aubrey Kingsbury, it's going to be a goalkeeper battle between these two sides, four and three saves respectively between those two. But this should have been a goal by Trinity Rodman in this 25th minute. It was a cookie cutter header that she had no defender on her and Washington should have gone up in the 25th minute. They don't hatch comes on in the second half and uh 52nd minute is the opening goal from Nadia Nadim uh Kirsten Davis getting the assist well deserved for her who was just buzzing all over the pitch it was a really good build-up and then in the 64th minute um Hatch gets past Lund uh, near post on a shot that maybe didn't look as impressive as it could have been but hey it, it's a goal it's an equalizer at the end of the day for Washington spirit you know I still uh, you don't want at any point, you don't want, you know, any points lost, right? In in this in this second half, and while maybe you're looking at that, you know, on on the spirit side of things, you're like, hey, we didn't lose, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't lose, but you know, so we didn't get all three points. And I think the areas in which you're sort of highlighting and talking about, you know, kind of having those missed opportunities, maybe that's a little bit of a, a theme in in this in this weekend for for certain teams. And I would absolutely consider this to be this game with with Louisville and and with the spirit I just I just don't know I just don't know if there's going to be enough for either of these teams moving forward you know considering the teams that are actually in front of them you know who are sitting in that upper half uh, of the table um you know I think when you're when you're when you're breaking things down like mathematically, like, you know, there's that whole concept. It's like, Oh, mathematically it's like, you know, we're still in it, but you're, you're, you're entering this phase where it's like, you're going to start needing a lot of other things that are actually not in your control to sort of start going your way. And I think when we're, 
when it comes to talking about these games that are featuring the, you know, the 2021 NWSL champions, I think that's like, we're going to probably be paying attention to that a little bit uh, closer than maybe some of the other uh, bottom half of the other table teams, but uh, split points between racing Louisville and Washington spirit. But listen, that set it all up, didn't it? It just it just set everything up for the remainder of Friday. There was NWSL action after dark. It was Portland Thorns FC versus North Carolina Courage. And this one also a draw, but didn't disappoint. It was a wild affair with a six-goal scoreline. Three-three between the Thorns and the Courage. I think. I, I think maybe we we how did we not predict that? I'm almost a little bit disappointed right. there. So it's like it's like these two teams are not unfamiliar with sort of having these types of big big scorelines. There have you know Courage have, uh, you know at one point been on the, uh, you know the side of sort of you know having the lopsided goal score and then delivering that to to Portland. And there have been those moments before in the in the past. But um, I think even though we're talking about another match here where there's some some uh, split points. I mean, obviously, you have two different teams in two different areas of the table where they're going to be looking at a little bit differently. You've got the Thorns who are like, hey, okay, we'll take it, moving on. And you've got the Courage still at the bottom of the table here and just really struggling, um, you know, even with their games in hand to try to generate those wins. Yeah, I mean, for this, these two sides, his game was on Sportsnet, CBS Sportsnet. And for some reason, teams show up when it's a TV game. <laughs> and this match between Portland Thorns and North Carolina Courage had everything. And and a 3-3 ending in it. So North Carolina now is back-to-back weeks, 3-3 ties. So they can score goals. We know that the Courage can score goals in a variety of ways. Heck, just find Diana Ordonez's head and That's you'll get goal. a goal. <laughs> And you'll get a goal. Game plan, draw it up. But defensively, they're struggling a little bit. And, and mm-hmm. that was really the theme to start this match. We knew um, Davinia was back in the starting lineup for North Carolina. Uh, Caroline, not there. Sophia Smith on fire again. She she went away with international duty, and now she's back with club. And I think she thrives a little bit more with Portland Thorns than maybe she does with the United States at this point in her career. Uh, But because of this split points, Portland jumps to the top of the table uh, for the first time. San Diego is not at the top of the standings, but it is Portland Thorns at the top. Um, But two goals for Diana Ordonez on the night, two for Sophia Smith on this night. But the opening seven, eight minutes of this match really set the tone for how this game was going to go because it was chaotic. There were defensive breakdowns on both sides of the pitch. Sophia Smith could have had a chance for Portland very, very early in this game. Then there was a giveaway as Portland looked to build out of the back. Dabinia picking it off. She gets a shot off um, from just inside or just around the edge of the 18-yard box. That goes wide. That could have been a huge opportunity. Um, then around the eight-minute mark, Sophia Smith capitalizes again, gets her 10th goal of the year, and, and puts Portland on the board first. It was a defensive mistake by North Carolina. Sophia Smith picks it off. There's Three defenders on her, but it's a great finish running at the back line. The defenders have to backtrack, and she just attacks the front defensive foot of the three defenders around her, creates a little bit of space for herself, um, and then finds the back of the net. And and 24th minute of this match, 
Portland goes up again. It's now 2-0 over North Carolina, and I thought that the game would change at this point. I mean, it was a bit of a chaotic moment in front of goal for Portland. A shot comes in. Um, it's a half save by the goalkeeper for, for North Carolina Courage and Casey Murphy, and then Morgan Weaver, easy tap in for her as, as she's there on the follow-up. At this point, it could have been – a reset point for Portland Thorns to kind of say, let's be a little bit more defensive here. We've still got Sophia Smith who can dribble through players up top and Christine Sinclair um, who can rip shots like that, who, who caused the second goal actually, but that didn't happen because as this game went on second half action begins and North Carolina, they turned it on they found a new gear, Diana Ordonez, she gets a header from a corner kick. Incredible job in the 60th minute. It's now 2-1 at this point. And then another header on a great cross from Ryan Williams for North Carolina. 72nd minute. Um, th- that header was beautiful. But back-to-back headers and back-to-back goals from the rookie in Diana Ordonez. She ends the game with seven goals on the season. Uh, but there would be a little bit more. Smith gets another one. And then Jaylene Daniels yeah. gets the goal at the end of it. I mean, action from start nice to end. end. 85th minute was the final goal coming from the North Carolina side uh, to to finally equalize it in the end of it all. Yeah. And, and minute eight, right through minute 85, they're the first and, and final goals in this one. But I love that you, you know, bring bringing up the goal total for, for Diana Ordonez here because we're talking about a rookie, you know, kind of maybe putting together a little bit of a dark horse, you know, uh, season here to try to compete for, that golden boot, perhaps, you know, this game, what comes out of this game is that maybe we'll talk about these two performances specifically, whether from Smith and from, from Ordonia. So we've got Smith now exiting this game level with total goals this season to date uh, with 11 goals tied with, with Alex Morgan at the moment uh, coming out of this game with, with her two goals. Um, and then you've got Ordonia's with the seven, like you mentioned. So I just am like, I just really enjoyed like, you know, when you're neutral sort of watching these types of games and you're seeing like all of this kind of wild chaos kind of um, unfolding between two teams who have got kind of that familiarity with each other in terms of like, you know, rivalry and and histories between, between each other. I love that there are young players in these matches who are creating new storylines within these kinds of, of rivalries. Right. And, and I, I, that was my favorite thing sort of watching out of this. I was like, God, I was like, so like Sophia Smith is just continuing her maddening 2022. And you've got the rookie in, in Ordonia sort of trying to put together, you know, a, a strong season with a courage side that's been struggling mm-hmm. in, uh, in the regular season. So I just, I just, that was sort of my kind of favorite thing to sort of look at, between these two individual players for these respective teams and kind of coming out of, of this one. But again, we're talking, we're talking about two different teams in different areas of the, of the table. So, you know, getting the point for a team like Portland, you're like, like I said, let's pack it up. Let's go. Let's move on and look ahead. And then right. if you're the courage, you're just, you're just like, you, you kind of maybe have a little bit of the, of the same energy, but again, you're just, you're just, they, they you're need just like points. North Carolina needs points. This is three straight draws for them. Yes, yes, and they're scoring goals, right? It was 2-2, and it was 3-3 last weekend, and now this one is 3-3. It's it's almost like the defensive side of it is too open, but then you look at this game against Portland Thorns, and the the two goals 
from Sophia Smith were fantastic. She, there's two defenders on her in the first goal. The second one, she she does get a bit of space in between the center backs, and it's a great ball through by Olivia Moultrie to, to set up Smith. But they're not giving up easy goals in that sense. It's it, Portland's a very good team, and Portland showed that they are a very good team, even against a North Carolina side that can come up huge in set play moments because those corner kicks hurt Portland. Two corner kicks, two goals, um, uh, set pieces, crosses coming in and and can't really defend against a player like Diana Ordonez. But, yeah, I mean, the name right now is North Carolina needs points, and these ties are not going to help them. Draws. Let's talk about the final one of the weekend, Orlando Pride versus Angel City FC. Look, this was the last game of the weekend, and I said, of course, it's going to deliver. And it definitely had some very curious moments as well throughout it. I think there were some folks who were also kind of like, I can't believe that happened, sort of watching this again in the in the airport and then sort of also seeing uh, people's reactions to it as well. This one, 2-2 for the draw. So we had three draws, a 1-1 between Racing and the Spirit. We had Thorns and Courage 3-3, and then the Pride and Angel City give us the 2-2 draw. Look, this one started out a certain kind of way. I think maybe sort of taking a look uh, at the beginning of this game, Lisa, maybe you you sort of have the feeling like, okay, well, like maybe this is going to shake out a certain kind of way. I mean, Orlando Pride has been incredibly impressive with what they can almost pull out of the woodwork and and what they can turn on and what they can do, Um, especially when you look at a player like Julie Doyle, who subbed into this match and she was a game changer for Orlando. She just did so much for the pride. Uh, but you and I both picked Angel City in this match, and and this game was wild. Um, so it's interesting the way I wrote this rundown that we talked about Portland, North Carolina, and now we're talking about this yeah. one. Back-to-back, wild, wild <laughs> games. Allie Riley, she gets on the board first for Angel City, an incredible goal. There was an own goal in this one, Carrie Ricaro scoring in back-to-back games for Angel City. Um, But 40th minute, Allie Riley, she scores a banger. She comes late to the play out of the left-back role. She strikes it. It's so, so, so well done. Aaron McLeod doesn't even stand a chance on this incredible shot. But then 64th minute, um, Julie Doyle is in the game. She subs in for Darian Jenkins, who started this match for Orlando. And had great opportunities. Uh, frankly, Darian's had uh, Darian Jenkins had a few opportunities that she should have scored. There was another header, almost similar to the Trinity Rodman header, that Jenkins just had too much time. She heads it down, and it bounces over the post. That should have been a goal. I mean, when I was re-watching um, this game and kind of looking at the stats, it probably could have been like 3-2, even 4-3 towards Orlando in the opportunities that they had. Uh, but Julie Doyle, she equalizes for Orlando, and then Ricaro scores in the 72nd minute to give Angel City the lead. This was assisted by Paige Nielsen, center back for Angel City. Um, and then Orlando just kept pounding and knocking on the door. Carrie Bello had a fantastic game playing in the flanks for Orlando, sending really great crosses in. And that's how Orlando ends up equalizing. They force an own goal on a great cross from Carrie Bello. Um, it was fantastic, fantastic. And it, it's a forced cross with defenders running towards their own goal and Angel City 
taps it in um, and Orlando is able to, to close this one out. But the final, so that final equalizing goal came around the 90th minute, maybe 90 plus one perhaps, but there was still a four or five minutes of stoppage time left and it was chaotic all over the pitch, both sides wanting to get another goal in this one. And this was also the end of the Sunday matches that went back to back to back back they all <laughs> happened at the exact same time and this was such a great way to end the weekend but Angel City and Orlando they split these points which frankly not great for either of these sides yeah. as they stay in the middle of the standings and this was a chance for them to jump above yeah. that playoff line yeah didn't didn't happen we talked about that in the preview I was very um I was very intrigued by this by this match if it was a number seven versus number eight you know you're looking at two teams that are just like sitting outside of that upper half of the table window, you know, this is the point of the season where quite frankly, anything can happen. And I think when we eventually talk about the other game between rain and Houston, we're talking about, again, maybe missed opportunities here um, at the very least, maybe trying to get yourself some separation from other teams in that bottom half of the table as well. So I was like, yeah, we got a number seven versus the number eight. You know, there's just a, about a game separating them. And I, you know, the first goal in this one, Lisa, like, listen, like hearing you like run it back down here, just, you know, s- sort of thinking about it a little bit. The first goal coming in this one, it took about 40 minutes for yeah. for that breakthrough to oh, come nice. happen. So sort of watching everything before beforehand, like kind of leading off with this game, which is why I said like it just sort of felt like maybe the writing was on the wall. It's like, oh, is like this one going to end in a draw? I didn't know what the scoreline was going to be, but we definitely saw some things in those opening 40 minutes, I think before the goals eventually started coming, where I was just like, well, I said there's some, there's some things happening here where we're not actually seeing the breakthrough, but not necessarily for lack of effort, but also just the not getting it behind the net. I, I really enjoyed the second half in this one. I liked seeing, I don't know if I would call it like level of urgency type of play, but I liked seeing, you know, someone like Simone Charlie trying to get on the ball, forcing the issue, you know, trying to make things happen in a game like this. You know, she was someone that I was looking for to kind of maybe have, a little bit of a, you know, next kind of level game. And I really liked her performance um, in this match. You know, she was one of the players that was sort of, you know, kind of collecting the team in their, in their last, uh, in their last game, you know, that, that was that, that sort of last minute kind of loss and not, not happy. One of those players who was not happy about kind of shutting it off, you know, a little bit at the end. So I was like, yeah, Simone Charlie's going to like carry this energy and, you know, sort of, um, you know, keep it moving in this game. And I know when we did the preview for this one, Lisa, we were talking about how, like, we didn't have the availability report. Like, who were we going to see on that Angel City side that was going to have that type of performance against their former club? And we thought, like, would it be someone like a LaRue or an MC? Turns out it's Kelly Riley getting the banger in, in this one. But uh, not not how you want to – not how you want to finish a game, right? And and an goal and, and, you know, Paige Nielsen having to come back in off of uh, – you know, getting some treatment off the, off the pitch. I think maybe you just, at this point, if you're Orlando pride, you're trying to just go, go, go and target and target and target. It's just forcing the issue here uh, in this one. But again, I get another one of these games that ends in a draw where I'm with you, Lisa. I don't, I don't think it does much for, for either mm-hmm. side here looking ahead into the next week. It's a, it's a, it's a, it was unfortunate, quite frankly. It, it definitely was. And, and when you look at the way that, 
Angel City kind of crumpled under the pressure at the end of this match, and Orlando continued to rise to the occasion, even with their substitutes coming in. Um, it's it's impressive. It's been really impressive to watch what Orlando's done. I know we talked about it in our preview, what would happen if, if LaRue was playing for Angel City um, and she was not available for this match. Yeah. So it, in Orlando, this game, um, truly impressive, I think. Orlando Pride is one of my like dark horse teams right now that are, that are fighting for a playoff spot and they have a better ch- shot and a better chance of doing it than teams like Washington Spirit or North Carolina Courage. I think we could see Orlando Pride making the playoffs at the end of this. I don't know if I would go that far. I don't know if I'm going that far. But We're talking I, about the math here. Sandy. I appreciate you. you look putting, I appreciate you putting the take on on record. I will say this. I will agree with you in the sense that. I don't think anybody predicted that at this point in the season, Orlando pride would be higher in the standings than a team like the Washington spirit. hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm with that a hundred percent. This is not, I don't think where anyone saw at least that second half of, of the table mm-hmm. right now, are the Orlando pride going to make the playoffs this year? I don't know if I, if they've shown me enough. They have a very, very tough, upcoming schedule. Orlando has an incredibly tough next few weeks. They've got San Diego, then they have Gotham, then OL Rain and Portland Thorns. That's a tough that's a that's a tall that's order. A tough, that's a tall order. <laughs> that's a tough four games to end out August and then start September and, and they end with North Carolina, San Diego, Orlando with racing Louisville thrown in there. So yeah. like the, their second half schedule right now is really tough. But at, at this point where Orlando is picking up the points that they are getting ties over teams like Angel City that are doing well in, in standings, um, their goal differential, that's something that they've got to work on and they've got to get a win because they're three in a row yeah. uh, draws. And then yeah. of their last five games. Three. Yes, of the last five games, four of them have been draws for Orlando. So can they push that extra step and get wins over the the next four? I think they'll be Gotham. I mean, we'll talk about that. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> you're right. I mean, but I like it though. I like it though. You're you're looking for more fuel for you know, for, for your take here. And I and I like I will say again, I'm I'm not gonna go that far to to you know agree with it or, or maybe like double down on it, but I do think it bodes well for this team maybe looking ahead a little bit. I do think that perhaps Orlando can be the team that we saw out of Kansas City last year. We saw the current start playing spoiler. We started seeing their team go out there, get results, become this kind of second half of the season team, bottom half of the table team that was kind of frustrating to play against where maybe on paper where you're looking at the rosters and the depth, you're saying, okay, team a should be beating this, whatever Orlando pride team. And it, and it didn't necessarily happen for that Kansas city Kurt side last year. They were again, playing spoiler for, for, teams who are in that playoff push and i will say that i will maybe maybe that will be my take i'm not going to necessarily be like oh yeah pride are going to make the playoffs but i do think they might be the team that is going to be frustrating to play against down the stretch of this second half i do appreciate i think what they're looking at if they're if they are looking ahead to to next season already i don't know if they're going that far yet but i think you've got some some players that you're looking at and you're kind of circling and you're saying, yes, we want to try to continue development here, here, and here. I think Abello had another one of those really good games. You know, Doyle, obviously. Clough has been 
really a bright spot for, for this team. And these are all young players that you could sort of maybe look at and kind of go ahead and, and perhaps sort of build upon into next season. But I don't know if they're there yet because again, they're in that eight seed. And like you said, maybe they can, can place, can place. We'll talk, we'll talk in a month, Sandra. We'll talk about this team in a month and we'll see where we will. We've been, we've been recapping the standings at the end, end of each month. So we'll, we'll see where, where the pride end, uh, end up at the end of August, but we've got more games to get through. We've got some winners and some losers to, to talk about over the course of the weekend. And we're going to break it all down after a quick break. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's talk about some winners and some losers over the course of NWSL weekend. Let's start with San Diego Wave FC versus Kansas City Current. Listen, we were previewing this when we were like joking around. We were like, what are we going to call this matchup? Is it going to be like the the water rivalry, like the, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. splash, you know, the splash like cup, like what, what are we going to be calling this? But we were taking a look at the current and the wave in this one. And let's remind everybody of our picks before we start going into, into the uh, nitty gritty of this match. We both picked Kansas city in this one. Um, I, I said it San Diego, they were done at the top of the standings and we were both correct on this one. One of the few, we were correct. <laughs> One of the few. We'll take it. Listen, we got to take him where we we'll can get him. Uh, I I loved uh, this match, and I think if I recall correctly, in making the pick and talking a little bit about this matchup specifically, I said getting a chance to watch San Diego in person at Soldier Field against the Chicago Red Star in the previous week. I felt that there was a we're starting to see some cracks in San Diego's overall shape that were maybe that that was a game that if the Red Stars break through and actually get a point or get that breakthrough and get a goal that people are talking about that a little bit more. And maybe they're not talking about that a week ago, but they're definitely talking about it. Now we're looking at a team that was missing Abby Dahlkemper having to make adjustments on that back line. And we saw perhaps that blueprint from a week ago leading into Mm -hmm. this week, maybe some of those cracks in in, in the defensive line. We've got this one ending out with shaking out to a win for Kansas city two one goals from Kaiser goals from Mace and a little bit of a consolation goal. Thanks to Amir Ali who, who knows? Maybe if she would have gotten the start, maybe if she would have been utilized earlier, 
could have caused some problems, shoulda, woulda, coulda, didn't. It's something to talk about, uh, you know, with the San Diego wave seed, uh, seed as uh, as Casey Stoney was sort of prepping for, for this type of match. I think it goes in line with what we were talking a little bit during the preview where we're looking at first half versus bottom half of the table, how, how incredibly compact that mm-hmm. upper half of the table is, that we're sort of entering a phase of the season where I really truly do believe that anyone from one through six can beat each other on any given day. That's what I love about this league so much. And we saw it happen in this one with Kansas City picking up the win. We knew that this was going to be a big matchup between these two sides. As you mentioned, a little bit of rotation in the back line for Casey Stoney's side with uh, Real stepping in for Dahlkamper, who was out on a red card suspension. And and that's really how Kansas City capitalized in this game and this defensive breakdowns that San Diego Wave suffered. The, the opening goal coming in the 27th minute by CC Kaiser. Um, and then 12 minutes later, Haley Mace getting on the board and doubling the lead for Kansas City. And that goal definitely a defensive breakdown mace had so much time and space she didn't even know what to do with it just dribbling towards the top of the box she gets right to the top and she's got the space she rips a shot it even could have been three goals for kansas city there was a penalty kick called around the 70th minute lola bonta steps up to take it but uh you're going against kaylin sheridan here go olympian Gold medal winner. That was her eighth career penalty kick save. She now leads the NWSL in saves on PKs with eight. Fantastic. I mean, Sheridan is so good. Um, When we look at this side, A.D. Franch in goal was also incredibly good. Kaylin Sheridan, four saves on the night against this Kansas City side that just puts so much pressure on San Diego's back line. And, and you set it a consolation goal towards the end of this match for Amira Ali as she subs into this game. There, there are so many moments for San Diego where they had these bursts of good energy and we saw really good combination play. You look at a player like uh, Van Eggman, who has really stepped into that central midfield role. But in terms of influential players getting on the ball. Alex Morgan was not on the ball enough. Taylor Korniak was not on the ball enough. Uh, Bell Breedy, not on the ball enough. Those players are the ones you want on the ball, dictating the tempo and the creativity for San Diego, and they did not do it. On the other side of it, Kansas City, CeCe Kaiser has found her home with this KC side. Um, And what she's been able to do, picking up points, Haley Mace is growing in confidence. We had Edmonds back, Alex Luera back for Matt Potter, which gave him stability defensively that he hasn't had consistently in the past month or so. So getting those pieces back in this match against San Diego is coming at the perfect time for this Kansas City current side. Because now as we we continue to move forward, Kansas City jumps the standings. They're in fifth place now. Um, They're on this incredible nine-game unbeaten streak. They're just racking up these points where other teams are having a lot of trouble doing it. This game was fantastic, too, from from start to end. Um, And San Diego is now down to second place, for the first time since week three, they are not at the top of the standings. Look, you should gloat a little bit. You called it more than anything, along with like choosing Kansas City as both, you know, going with the current in this one. You put something else on it. You should, listen, you said San Diego's going to get knocked yeah. off on top of that from the top. They're not going to end out this weekend at number one. But I think more than anything, you've got this Kansas City side that gets another win, uh, extends their win streak to nine. 
Uh, that's incredibly difficult to do, I think, at this point in the season. Um, we'll see if they can extend it to 10. We saw Chicago have their defeated streak snapped at, at at nine. It's it's a tough it's a tough order to sort of continue that type of form going in in this league. But uh, I loved it watching watching this game between. And the they two go guys. they go to play North Carolina next. So. I, I love it. I think I think these are the type of matches I think that we're it's watching great. with a little within it that additional lens, right? Where we're just like, hey, is this going to be like some type of playoff preview? Like, what's the energy, um, you know, in, in this match between these two between these two sides? But I also loved um, some watching somebody like Elise Bennett, you know, get get into this this match and and you know, kind of uh, you know create an impact, which is something that we've been seeing out of this, out of this rookie for, for Kansas city during, during this season. And I think that's what I really like watching about uh, watching this Kansas city side is that we're, I don't know if a lot of people would look at Kansas city um, at certain points and say like, Oh, this is a team that is, is maybe perhaps one of the deeper teams in the league. I think a lot of people maybe look at a, a, a roster like the thorns and maybe kind of give that to them. But I think looking at Kansas City, I think you can also, uh, you know, sort of look at them and maybe kind of question and put them in that category uh, as well. I think they've got a really good mix of, of you know, experienced players, young players who are who are hungry and, and stepping in to roles and, and being able to pick up these results. I mean, looking at the fact that this team lost, you know, a Lynn Williams at the beginning of the season and the current confirming that they will not have Sam Mewis during this year, put placing her on the season ending injury, just a very um, complicated knee injury is, is I believe is some of the verbiage that was coming out of that um, press release, but uh, not going to have this, this player either. And these were two players that they signed in the off season. And that was sort of what got, you know, people's attention. They say, Oh, Kansas city is, out here making some moves and here they are playing the kind of soccer that they're playing week in and week out. And they're doing it without those two kind of star caliber players. And they're able to do it because they've got players like, like Haley Mace, because they've got somebody like Lola Bonta, Lola Bonta leading this team in shots, shots mm-hmm. on goal chances created in this game against San Diego. And quite frankly, Lobanta is among the top five players in multiple categories outside of just those offensive stats. You're talking like completed passes, passes into the final third, cross attempts, dribbles, recoveries. Labonta's in the top five of those players in those categories as well. And then making a move for somebody like Kaiser, like you said, it's just sort of kind of the the, the wind is blowing in the direction of the Kansas City current, and I'm here for it. And it's part of why we chose them to hand San Diego this loss. It definitely is why we chose them. It's of the teams to do it against San Diego. It was Kansas City for sure. This this is a really fun team. Keep an eye on them for sure. Absolutely. Let's talk about another one. We got Chicago Red Stars versus Gotham FC. This one ending two zero for Chicago Red Stars and the victory over Gotham. Goals from Tatum Malazzo, Ava Cook. Talking about young players making an impact. Milazzo, second year with the Red Stars. Cook, rookie year, perhaps maybe similar trends here with a team like Chicago. Maybe something about those kind of central uh, teams. Something about those kind of Midwest teams. Just kind of having the the mix of the experience and 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 the uh, young players here kind of producing producing the results. But remind me 
Lisa, I think we both had Chicago on this we one. Both had Chicago getting the win, so we were both correct. We're back to back correct on these two with Kansas City and now Chicago. Um, this Chicago is very good, and Gotham is struggling. Like this is like my fifty thousand foot view. Yeah, Gotham just they can't. They're they're focusing so much on defensive and and not getting forward. Every time they get the ball, they're just looking to pass it back and keep possession. And they never are trying to catch their opponents off guard or move quickly in transition. They're not playing to any of the strengths that they have in the offensive side of the game with the ball. They're they're too timid. They're too scared. And that is not going to get you very far in this NWSL league. You have to be a team that's willing to take risks, attack your opponents, go at them, use the strengths you have, maybe expose yourself in the back a little bit. But in doing that, you'll be able to score a little bit more goals, have more creativity and a little bit more fluidity and freedom for the Gotham forwards. And it's just not there. It, this game was all Chicago. When you look at the shot total, 15 shots to Chicago, only four to Gotham. I mean, player personnel. We saw Sarah Lubert uh, get three shots. We saw yeah. Mallory Pugh get three shots. Ava Cook, four shots. Um, and then a number of other players registering shots as well. So the the balance in the attack for Chicago is completely there. Mallory Pugh, not on the score sheet for this match, but huge influence in this game and, and setting up play and driving at defenders. And if anything, drawing defenders to her, which opens up the space around her for players uh, like Cook and Nagasato and, and Bianca St. George, who's back in the rotation now after inter international duty. This, it, this game was great for Chicago. Um, the, Pain, for, painful for, for Gotham, maybe? Yeah, I mean, very painful for Gotham towards this one, but not that surprising, right? We both picked Chicago in this one. Yeah, we both maybe, know that maybe that's an old take at this point, point, right? And yeah. it's an old take at this point in the season where you're just kind of like, oh, like Gotham is struggling, and like you, it's like, okay, well, welcome to the NWSL this year. Like we're like <laughs> that's it's not necessarily like a like a new like a new take. And we did go two for two in this one. We both went went Chicago. I mean, and also considering the fact that they had had you know, a pretty a different, like kind of lopsided win against Gotham not too long ago, you know, away on the road at their home facility. Um, but something else in the preview that I think we were, weren't prepared for, but, you know, it ultimately shook out that we were correct in the picks anyhow, was that they had a massive uh, availability report come out where a number of players out under either COVID protocol or general illness or, you know, excused absence, which those are always approved like ahead of time. So it's just like you just had a, several players just not around, you know, to, you know, to be able to sort of come in and, and perhaps maybe put up a different looking performance, you know, against, against the Red Stars. Um, it was just, just tough, tough weather match as well. It's, 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 it's August. Chicago, so it's, it's a little bit of a different heat out here at times, and perhaps that maybe you know coming into into play for for some personnel on on the pitch, but just never really just never really looked as if Chicago was not you know in control of this game. Quite frankly, from minute one all the way through to you know stoppage time of, of regulation, it just didn't look like there was ever really a moment where the Red Stars were going to lose control of the game or allow Gotham um, back into it. Quite and frankly, no shots on goal for Gotham. Yeah, you're not you know Alyssa, you got Alyssa Nair and Net, and just not you know never really 
challenged by by anything no. you know dangerous or, or or otherwise you know total shots even without look expanding that to total shots versus shots on target so none on target but even total shots you've got chicago with 15 to, to mm -hmm. four so you just really sort of um get you sort of see the disparity in terms of the two different very different teams uh going head to head um in, in this one i do wonder you know, Chicago, maybe if they're looking for things, because that's what happens when you're talking to like pro pro teams and, and pro athletes, maybe it's like you get the win. It's two zero. But, you know, you do. I do wonder if there's, you know, a moment for for some of the personnel on Chicago where they're like, God, like we could have had more. Like, why did we only end this game uh, to, to zero? You know, you're talking about Pew a little bit having some some good looks and, and they're not getting the goals, you know, getting that assist on on the cook uh, goal and both of these coming off of headers, you know what I mean? Like head, like headed goals and, and kind of from, you know, the, some interesting angles here. So um, it was great to sort of, again, talking about things that made me like warm and cozy and an airport away from home. It was nice to see the, my, my local side uh, go out there and get back in the win column, quite frankly, because right. the Red were, you know, on a little bit of a skid of their own. Um, so this is uh, helpful for them, I think, in terms of their, their place in the standings. Uh, at the moment, but just, yeah, just not, again, just not a lot of that there for, uh, for Gotham uh, in this one. Uh, Lisa, you got any final takes out of this game before we wrap it up with the final game? I don't. I mean, Chicago back on the winning side of it, as you said, coming off of uh, uh, two losses and a tie. Now they're back in this win column and, and for Gotham, um, three losses in a row. They, they got to turn around. They got to lock it up. They've got to be more, expose themselves a little bit, be more creative, have a little bit more freedom in their attacking end. And then we'll see where that goes from there. We'll talk about it. All right. Yeah. We will have to, to do a preview episode eventually and, and take a look ahead, but let's close it out with the final game to recap here. We've got OL rain versus Houston dash, the dash winner, winner in this one, OL rain, the loser side of this game. You've got Ebony Salmon continuing her rise into the conversation <laughs> of second half golden boot contenders. Megan Rapinoe also getting the goal for, for all rain here, but uh, let's, let's talk about it. Who did we pick? Hey, Lisa? You get to gloat now because you picked Houston dash getting the win over OL rain, handing them their yes. very first loss at Lumen field. I, this was huge. I had a draw in this match. I thought it was going to be tight, but I thought I uh, it, it would be a draw at the end of it. So congratulations, my friend. Listen, we were doing the preview and, you know, yeah, I was, I was in, I was still at the conference in, in Vegas and I said, I'm not going with draws. I'm only picking winners. And I was half correct, at least on some of these games, but I am happy that uh, I went with the dash in this one and, and they started, you know, pulled it off and ended up getting the win. I just, uh, you know, I said in the preview in, in these two, in these two teams going head to head that, you know, in 2022, you know, the Houston Dash are are not a team that's afraid of going on the road and and picking up and, and getting a result, you know, or playing away in, um, you know, facilities that will very clearly kind of give them a, a disadvantage. You know, whether it was a place like Providence Park where they got the result against Portland or, or now um, against Old Rain, you know, at, at Lumen Field. So uh, I do wonder, I think, you know, we can talk about, you know, the winners and what they did correctly and, and how they're continuing to sort of, you know, build their, their sort of trending up. It's sort of continuing that those waves of momentum that they're putting together kind of week in and week out. And Houston Dash is 
is one of those teams for sure. Obviously, I think maybe there's, you know, the argument to be made that, you know, is Ebony Salmon the best pickup during this, you know, this uh, summer trade window? I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe we're looking head to head, maybe at somebody like a Kaiser versus versus Sam yeah. for, for that one for Kansas City and Houston. But I think when we're looking at what Ebony Salmon has been doing for the Dash, I think it's it's remarkable. I, I, please stack check me on this because I know you've got the numbers there. But for Salmon exiting this game, it's it's six goals in like four games. Three, 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 games. three games. No, You're not giving her enough credit. Six goals. Mm-hmm. In three games for Ebony Salmon. Thank you. Zero disrespect. Like, I love that. I'm like, this is, pay attention, right? This is one of these things. And and I think it, doing just, this- because, just because you brought up CC Kaiser and now you're having me do a little bit of stat checking. For CC Kaiser, she has four goals in six games. So See, I'm like, the four and the six were floating in my head. So I, they're doing this and they're doing it without their captain. They're doing it without Rachel Daly. Uh, you know, and they're on, they're going to get her back and that's going to just be an addition to the team. And I just, am like Houston Dasher are, are putting some really good things together here. But when we're looking at the other side of things, Lisa, when we're looking at the loser side of things for, for OL rain, again, another one of these games where I, I think we're, we're watching it. And I had this feeling, um, you know, during the pride and, and angel city game, Looking at this game, I had the same feeling. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm like, is this game going to end a certain kind of way? Which is, again, which I didn't I didn't blame you for. I was like, you know, this might end in the draw, you know, which is I remember you saying like this might go that way. Uh, But I had that feeling. I was just like, oh, no, I was like, you've got you've got a rain at home, you know, motivated by that, obviously. And then getting on the board somewhat early, you know, kind of opening 15 ish Mm -hmm. minutes. And it's the two vets linking up, you know, Kim Little to, to, to Megan Rapino. But complete second half surge for the dash here to pull off complete the win. Complete second half surge. Megan Rapinoe, she gets her first goal, uh, the 16th minute. And and you mentioned Kim Little. She's gets the assist on this one. And this was Kim Little's last game with OL Reign. The, the loan for her was signed June 1st is when she joined. And it said it was going to run until Arsenal started their 2022-2023 season. This was it for Kim Little. She's headed back to Arsenal. Um, her, her time with OL Reign is done and definitely a player that brought a surge for OL Reign and contributing in that attack. And maybe that's why we saw so many minutes from Kim, Kim Little. And now Laura Harvey will start to lean into Tobin Heath a little bit more, knowing that um, she only had little for a, a small period of time. Now, um, could we see some changes with OL Reign throughout the rest of this regular season, perhaps? But the second half, as you said it, Houston, it was all Houston. Houston registered zero shots in the first 45 minutes. In the second 45 minutes, they had two goals in the span of three minutes. Both of them by Ebony Salmon as well. And one of them, a PK in the 53rd minute, and then the 55th minute, she gets on the board again. She can score in such a variety of ways. And the way Houston was controlling possession, controlling the game and the tempo throughout the second half was I think it surprised Laura Harvey's side and OL Reign in what they were able to do because we didn't see that consistently from Houston throughout the first half. But they capitalized on it, on the penalty kick. It was a moment of weakness for OL Reign. Salmon puts it away, slots it right past Tullis Joyce, and and then gets another one just a few minutes later to set the tone and kind of dig it in a little bit to OL Reign uh, because to, to do that 
at Lumen, incredible. It's the first time Houston's done that. It's the first time uh, they've lost at Lumen. OL Reign has lost at Lumen this year. It, this game was it was a good way uh, to, to watch this game while there was a few others happening. This was the Sunday six o'clock Eastern game. The same time <laughs> Chicago Gotham was on. It was a lot of multiple screens yeah. for us. <laughs> no, no Sunday scaries for some of these teams going head to head on uh, Sunday, especially for, especially not for Ebony Salmon penalty and a goal for her exiting this one and uh, exciting way to sort of, close out this episode and quite frankly the weekend slate of games i missed you buddy i told you at the top of the episode i'll tell you again now lisa i couldn't wait to hop back on and talk about some of these games because i know we made our picks and uh was excited to sort of break them all down and thanks everybody for for joining us today and of course taking the time to vote for us during you know nominating us during the the people's choice podcast awards and i'm sure lisa will keep us updated on the next phase of voting process for for this uh this award so thank you all for being here with us and listening to attacking third and uh just know you can follow us on tiktok instagram twitter all those good places at attacking third we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher anywhere you're listening to your shows we're available video subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third and we're going to be back with more on wednesday we've got interviews and so much fun stuff in the pipeline for you all so stay tuned for Sandra and Lisa Roman, this was a taxi.